Okay, friends, Andy Jenkins here. I want to continue talking through the topic of spiritual gifts that we've been walking through for the past two episodes. And you might remember in that first episode, I said, hey, you know, spiritual gifts, that's not actually the term in the Bible. Now, I continue using it because it is so much easier to refer to that two-word, one-two punch, which is probably why we use it in the New Testament, in the English version, than it is to outline all these other four words that I described in that first episode. Uh, that was really when we started defining and just scratching the surface of what these, um, for lack of a better term, spiritual gifts are. Uh, in the previous episode, I outlined really the first nine gifts that Paul mentioned. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, he starts talking about these spiritual gifts. And verse 1 through 7, he defines them. That's what we did in episode number 1. Um, verses 8 through 11, he outlines nine of them. Now, he doesn't spend a whole lot of time defining or describing what they're like. So there's all kinds of room for interpretation for us to kind of take it and learn and grow and develop. I actually think God did that on purpose. You see, if he said it's this specifically and you could contain it in a box, oh, goodness, we would make all kinds of rules we would confine it. We would restrain it. We would we would make the box even smaller, most likely. But what he's done is he's left us all kinds of room for interpretation. And really, you got to remember this: the spiritual gift. What we decided was it is this ability that God places in us. I really think to glorify Him, to build the lives of other people. It fulfills us, and it enables us to to serve at the capacity of heaven where God effectively reaches through us to reach to other people such that they feel loved, they feel served, and they know it's God that's connecting to them. In reality, we become a conduit to the kingdom of heaven. Now, that said, let me just maybe say it like this. When you go to the New Testament, there's not one specific place where you find a list of spiritual gifts. You don't find a tidy definition, nor do you find a list where God says, hey, here's the list. This is the only list that you'll ever get. Your gift is going to be one of these things. As a result, uh, well-meaning, God-loving, gracious, humble followers of Jesus have all sorts of disagreement about what these gifts are and about how many there are. Uh, some people say, well, there's nine, like, like the nine that we listed in the previous episode in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. Like they, well, that, that's the only nine. Other people say, well, there's there's 21. Some people say there's 15. Some people there's there's 27. So, some people say, just make up another number. Here's what I think, though. I think that the best way to approach this is to say, <laughs> you know, God could actually do whatever he wants and he could show up in your life and do anything through you to reach to others in such a way that it glorifies him. It makes the other person feel impacted and loved by the kingdom of God, and it fulfills you, all, all of those. So what I want to do today is I want to walk you through some of the passages where some of these gifts are outlined. I'm, I'm just going to skim over them through the surface. 
I'm not going to take a deep dive on them. The bigger, deeper dive will be the point that I make at the end. Okay, so all throughout the Bible, in the New Testament, there are multiple places where we find passages about the spiritual gifts. I'm going to list these passages down in the show notes below where you could just kind of go down there. You could take a deeper dive. You could research them on your own. You could uh, read the passages. You could study it. I'm going to type them there for you. And while you're there in the show notes, uh, follow those passages, read them, uh, but then also uh, look at the free book that's available for you. Pay the shipping and handling. We'll send it. It's the Life Lift book that I've been teaching some of these concepts from. Take advantage of the seven-minute spiritual gifts question and answers that you go through. You answer, hey, I prefer this. I like that. I don't like that. I enjoy this. I'm really good at that. I'm not good at that. You answer those. No right or wrong answers. Just answer as you experience life. And in the end, it'll say, hey, this might be your gift. Okay, question and answer can't really affirm your gift. It can kind of confirm some things that you think God might be saying to you, or it can kind of give you a push in the right direction to explore. And it will open up some videos on some hidden pages that I have on my website. Uh, You don't have to sign up for them. You don't have to pay anything. It's free. And it will describe that gift. It will show you examples in the Bible in this two to three minute video. And then it will give you links to explore some of the other gifts that are very similar to that. Sometimes these things kind of come up in clusters. And I think there's uh, probably 40, 50 hidden pages there. So uh, as you answer... It's going to lead you to something specific for you. Okay, the gifts. Here's where you find them in the New Testament. Um, Obviously, in the previous episode, we looked at 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. We found nine of them right there. But, But if you go to Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, you see five more. The passage says this. Uh, He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, what is he talking about right there? I really think that he's talking about people that are primarily called to lead in churches or to start new churches, to start new ministries. Now, there could be some blur there. I really think some people with the gift of apostleship may be leading in nonprofits. They might be even leading in business, doing some God-driven, kingdom-centered business things. But here it is, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. What is these people's primary gift? It is to equip others in their gift, regardless of where these people office. If we go um, in the New Testament backwards a little bit more, we come to Romans 12, 6 through 8. There's a passage there where it outlines uh, a unique form, a unique bent, a created design that several people have. Um, Here's what Paul writes. Having then gifts, so there's kind of our word, according to the grace that is given us, different word used there than in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 7, by the way, where we had five different words. And if you look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, there is no word gift. It's just he gave, like the people are the gift. That's why I'm saying it's kind of like a moving target when we're trying to learn this. 
Having then gifts according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry and service, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, what I want to show you is that in just these three passages, we've pulled together 21 different ways that God may move through you to reach two other people. Uh, we saw five gifts in Ephesians 4.11, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We saw seven different created designs in Romans 12.6-8, prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, mercy. In the previous episode, we walked through 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 8-11, and we saw nine gifts, uh, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And, and I know there's kind of some overlap between some of these. There are more than this listed throughout Scripture, though. So in 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11, uh, Peter says this, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality, that's a gift, to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use, and I love this phrase, Whatever gift you've received, that seems to be the emphasis in this passage, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone who serves, they should do so as with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, and he'll be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. In other words, right here, we already had 21, but now Peter mentions 22 is hospitality, 23 is serving, 24 is speaking. And the emphasis seems to be, 1 Peter 4.10, use whatever gift you have. Like he's not trying to make a list and say, hey, you either have this or this or that or that. He said, hey, whatever God has gifted you to do, lean into that. And here's, here's another quote from him. Be a faithful steward of God's grace. Remember, the gifts are gifts of grace moving through you. Be a faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. Uh, here's where it gets super interesting to me is on at least one occasion, this supernatural gifting, it occurs before the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, which we typically think of as the thing that makes the gifts possible. After, after all, we call them gifts of the Spirit. What are your spiritual gifts? Way back in Exodus chapter 31, God calls Moses and says, hey, I want you to lead the people to build a tabernacle, and I want to give you the blueprint. I want you to architect it exactly like this, and then pull these craftsmen together. And in Exodus 31, 2 through 5, he said, God says this, see, I have chosen Bezalel. That's a great name. I filled him with the Spirit of God. That's what a gift does. With wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. 
In, in other words, I want you to grasp this, that the first time a person is filled with the Spirit to minister in the Bible that we see, it wasn't a preacher, it wasn't a prophet, it wasn't a musician, it wasn't a leader in formal religion at all. It was a craftsman. So you start applying that and say, well, what, what does that mean? How do we apply that? It tells me there must be more gifts than the 20-something that we see in the New Testament. And it means that it's probably broader than we could imagine. In fact, I don't think any closed list that you would have is accurate. P- Peter wasn't trying to create a closed list. He was saying, hey, use what, whatever gift you have. He was emphasizing that God works through each of us in unique ways that we're connectors to the kingdom when we serve, however it is that we serve. Uh, Paul wasn't trying to create a comprehensive list either in any of the lists that he made. He's the one that wrote 1 Corinthians 12, and he emphasized there that the manifestation, that's the word he used, whatever the Spirit looks like when the Spirit manifests through you is to be used for Here's his quote, the common good of all people. In other words, these gifts aren't just for you. They're for God to do something through you in order to reach to other people. You know, every gift list we see, I think it's a partial list of possible gifts. That means any list is just the starting point of what God might and can do through you. In other words, it's possible because the first person that was gifted supernaturally in this capacity was not the prophet Moses that led people to freedom from slavery. It was one of the craftsmen that God then empowered to execute the plan to build the tabernacle, the place where God would meet with them. And that's what the gifts are all about. It's about people encountering the presence of God in a unique way that God chooses to use other people to achieve. So think bigger, think broader. It's possible the Spirit of God might gift you to create something new. It's possible that he might gift people to dance, to sing, to draw, to paint, to organize, to administrate, to build. It's possible that he might supernaturally gift men and women to mechanically fix or to invent things that bless others, to encourage others by singing or playing an instrument to write, to do anything, anywhere where we see his supernatural empowerment and people connecting to beauty, people connecting to something broader, people connecting to the spirit, people connecting to this all, this wonder that God is near. You see, my prayer for you is that the Lord would bless you. He would keep you. He would make his face to shine upon you. And he would cause you to expand your thinking beyond the four walls of a church, beyond organized religious structures even, and expand 
and see a God that occupies the entire universe, but calls and touches us where we are now, and then gifts us to function at the level of heaven to supernaturally have him reach through us to reach to others. Grace and peace. I'll see you soon.